Welcome to The Observer Effect, a podcast of travel stories. Each week we hope to bring you a conversation with someone we meet overseas and at least one good story. Episode 74, That Little Push, Havasupai, where Larry met a special kind of people. So, Larry, can you describe what you look like for the audience? (laughs) Who are they listening to? They're listening to a a 50-year-old man. Grasping for some oxygen, <laughs> but enjoying every breath. Uh, struggling, but enjoying every step. Uh, I'm a newcomer to the hiking world. I discovered hiking at the age of 53 years old. I decided to go on a hike to Havasupai Falls, which uh, is a paradise on earth, much like this place we're at right now. Uh, before we go on, can yeah. you describe your outfit? It's it's very striking. This outfit? Yeah. <laughs> It'll offer a clue to the audience where we are. Well? Before we reveal exactly. If I look around, I'm the only one in shorts, <laughs> which uh, anybody that knows me, I'm, I'm literally in shorts at least nine months out of the year. I only go to pants when I absolutely <laughs> have to. Uh, I, I got a alpaca sweater on, I got an alpaca, uh, a llama sweater on, and I have a hat made of one of the two, I'm not really sure. Uh, I have a safari hat around my neck, I got too much weight on my back. <laughs> okay, but, let's pause because okay. I think the water is a little too loud. Okay, so picking back up again, can you describe where we are right now? Yeah, we're on day two of a four-day trek of the Inca Trail. Uh, our destination is Machu Picchu, which will arrive on the fourth day. Uh, yesterday was pretty difficult, but <laughs> but as the reporters say, day one is the easy day. Day two, which we are on, is the tough day. A lot of vertical climb. A lot of energy spent, but uh, as I can see right now, it's getting more and more beautiful. The, it's already the, changed from yesterday. The, the hasn't landscape it? has changed from desert to, uh, I guess you would call this jungle. I don't know the proper term, a, but it's a beautiful. cold, a cold jungle. Yeah, but it's just absolutely Des- beautiful. Describe the things you see. I see trees covered with uh, moss-like or vegetation and just uh, thick foliage, green everywhere. Uh, I'm from New Mexico. That's desert. I'm from high desert. We don't see stuff like this unless we go into the high mountains. And this is absolutely gorgeous. I'm out of breath, but I can't stop scanning with my eyeballs. It's just, it's just like too much to absorb. I mean, yeah. I'm not, I'm trying to absorb it, but it just, yeah. it's just too much. Yeah. Yeah, it's gorgeous. And how would you describe these uh, 
steps. We we weren't walking on steps yesterday, but now we are. This is the original Inca. Yes. This is the original Inca prayer. I think she's gonna speak right now. Oh, okay. How are you? Todo bien? Yeah, good. Yeah. I'm gonna give you the natural oxygen, yeah? This is a condor pee. <laughs> yeah. This is the condor. Yeah, you're gonna breathe with this, it's like, ooh. You're gonna fly with No, it. seriously, it's pee? Condor pee. Seriously? Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> so, you know, guys, a uh, long time ago, there were competitions, marathons, When we set out on our four-day hike to Machu Picchu, along the Inca Trail, I made my way among the 15 others in our group of strangers to start getting to know each of them, start finding out their stories. As excited as I was to finally stand on top of that mountain in those abandoned ruins I'd dreamed of, what excited me more were the surprise friendships just waiting for a word to bloom with people I would never otherwise have had a chance to know. The random companions that travel like this brings together. There was a Google engineer from China, a traveling nurse who works only weeks at a time in each city before moving on, a video game producer from Spain, of course our fascinating local guides, Juana and Miguel, whom you'll hear throughout this episode, and not one, but two prop makers from London who are building the new Star Wars movies. More on them in future episodes. But the first person to break the ice was Larry. While everyone else was making their final preparations, he and I found ourselves staring at the trailhead across a stream. He said that Peru was the first country he'd been to outside the U.S., and I just knew I knew he had a story. So, uh, can you describe these steps? Oh, okay, we're, we're climbing up a very steep grade of the original Ica Trail, which is made of these huge stones. And I'm not sure how many hundreds of years these have been here, but it's incredible that they made this road hundreds and hundreds of years ago. I think it was, wasn't it the, the is it the, 15th century? Yeah. 15th century. And it's still here today. And it looks like it'll be here for another 500 years. It's just incredible workmanship, the way they constructed it. With all the weather that they have here. Yeah. All the raining runoff, it's still here. It's amazing. <laughs> and she, uh, our guide, Juana, just said something amazing. So for us, it's going to take like three days to walk this. Four all the days. Way, four days, all the way to Machu Picchu. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> yes. I'm optimistic. Uh, but what did she just tell us? She says that some of the locals uh, are able to do this 26-mile, 43-kilometer trip, this amazing, amazing trail in three hours and 45 minutes, which I, I, can't, I can't wrap my mind around that one. That is, I mean, if I, if I was going to time myself... Maybe. I mean, if my life depended on it, maybe I could do it in two days. <laughs> and these people did it three hours and 45 minutes. This is crazy. It's insane. I can't, I can't comprehend that. 
Wana, what's your fastest time? Uh, fast time? Mm, one, hour, one day and a half to get to much beach. Oh my gosh. With oh. a group or on your own? With one couple. Wow. Because we don't have time, we have to walk faster to get to much beach. Oh my gosh. We started 6 o'clock in the morning. We get to Machu Picchu next day. <laughs> if you were to go by yourself and time yourself by yourself for speed, what do you think you could do to... The same. Okay. The same. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. The other guy said he did it in eight hours. What? During one of the races. Oh, man. Yeah, I can't remember <laughs> It's crazy. In your case, by yourself. How long you did uh, in Qatar? No, they called me that. I think so, yeah, I can do like one day and a half. But yes, with, I did with one couple. One couple, the group. So, because um, the next day, we were in Machu Picchu, but we started from kilometer 82, 6 o'clock in the morning. We worked, yes, with snack, no lunch, snack, and water. And then we did yes, one day and a half. In the próxima, ustedes vienen algo con ustedes. Next time, I can do with you guys. <laughs> so, there's a secret to the old Incan success, which you are partaking of right now. Another feature of your appearance, would you like to explain? Sure. Why your cheek is bulging right now? <laughs> A lot of the locals use uh, the coca leaf as a stimulant. It's not necessarily, it's not a high, it just gives them extra energy. And I learned how to use the coca leaf. You, you, get, you, get, you grab some leaves and you put a little pinch of, what is that thing called, one that you put inside the coca? The ash that you uh, grab the coca? Yeah. Ceniza? No, with the, with the coca. Huh? Alcoholate, these small pieces. Ah, yeah. alcoholate. Yeah, alcoholate or ash. Ash. You have to put it between the leaves and then you can swell it. Mm. You can chew and swell it. Mm. Yeah, and the ash activates. But this activates. we have a coca leaves has a calcium. Because you can see the local people, they are thick. It's going to be very white color because they chew in coca leaves all the time. From 12 years until that which he says in their own life. And their brushed tea, yes, just clean with the water, not that fresh. Yes, drink water and then clean it and then that's it. But their teeth, you can see, it's a white color because the coca leaves has the calcium. As well, when you're chewing coca leaves, you don't need to drink water. No, you don't have hungry because it's tough to have hungry and stop to drink too much water. Coca leaves is instead. That's why locally they chew coca leaves, no? Como también tiene función de anestesia. Like anesthesia, when you chew many times coca, you don't feel anything in your mouth, no? No se siente nada cuando masticas coca, no? Así que, a masticar la hoja de coca ahora. Start to chew coca leaves now. <laughs> Somebody want a coca leaves? Where's my coca leaves? Oh, llama's coming. Llama, llama. Take your camera. Take your camera. Llama's coming, yeah? Llama, llama. Llama, llama. Yeah, mountain side, please. Okay, so 
You just reloaded yeah. the coca. Can you describe what's happening in your mouth right now? Initially, it dries my mouth out. And I start to chew on it. And with the combination of the ash, there's a little numbness on the cheek, gum, and tongue. And I start to salivate. And that's when I know <laughs> the, the chemical, whatever it is, has been activated. And it gives you a little boost of energy. Well, like I the, say, it's not a high, it's just... Well, the chemical is a form of cocaine. Well, it hasn't been processed yet into correct. actual yeah. cocaine, but right. it's a stimulant. Correct. So. I think our coca is old and defective. Yeah, hers is better. We brought some and ours isn't as good. I don't get anything out of ours. Did you put some of the ash in there? Um... That's the key. I can't remember yesterday whose cocoa I used, but somebody I took someone else's cocoa and it was really strong. The hard line in my get or use like you an ash. Oh. I think it's the combination of that ash that really does it. Okay. What are your thoughts on coca, Allison? Uh well I had one batch that was tingly. The ones we've been chewing haven't done anything. Which do you prefer, the leaf or the tea? The tea. How would you describe the coca tea? Uh, just a mild tea. I don't know. It's easier to consume than leaves. Mm-hmm. All right, Larry, so we took a pause. What just happened? Well, we're here at uh, Dead Woman's Pass, which is the highest point on the Inca Trail that we've experienced. It's at uh, 13,800 feet. And uh, when I summit it, I wasn't expecting this, but uh, there's a post that signifies the top of Dead Woman's Pass, and when I touched it, I was overcome with emotion. I just, just flooded with emotion, tears and everything else. Just so happy. It's even affecting me. I can see. I can see. What's going through your mind? It's amazing. Amazing feeling. I wish everybody could experience this. I wish everybody could feel this. Unfortunately, (laughs) some people can't because of you know physical issues and 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 other things. But God, if 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 I ever come across a a special person or whatever, and they're you know, I can't wait to bring them over here. I want (laughs) to experience this with somebody special in my life. Absolutely. I mean, it's great by yourself, but to share it with somebody else. I mean, you're very lucky you have somebody here. That, and, uh, well, none of us are by ourselves. We're here together oh, yeah, right exactly. now. Exactly. <laughs> and we're here with the mountain. Yeah. You know, I, I go on a hike in Phoenix, and I start I my hikes at 4.30 in the morning. And four or five days out of the week, this older man comes, and he delivers a case of bananas for the, for the hikers. And I told him one day, thank you very much. He said, don't thank me. Thank the mountain, you know. <laughs> The mountain, and that's kind of how I, the way I feel. You know, it's like I feel in unison with the mountain, with nature, with the people. Yeah. Uh, the hikers I have found are a different type of people. They're a special type of people. There's a type of people that I like and am drawn to. Yeah. And I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. I don't know if it's their need for adventure, their admiration for adventure, their willingness to just experience new things, just step outside of the box, you know, mm-hmm. and it's contagious. 
And as I'm talking to you, and I'm talking to other people, and I'm listening to other people, it's like, this is not the end, this is just the beginning. Yes. I mean, this is my, my life from here until they laid me on the ground. This is, this is going to be my life. Yeah. I, I am 22 years clean and sober. This is better than any drug I ever did. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the side effects are just nothing but positives. You know, there's some bad side effects of drugs. When you experience it, and, and I didn't know what I was lacking. Nobody ever told me about it. Nobody, I never came into contact with anybody that was an adventurer, yeah. a hiker. If I had, I'd probably say, hey, I, I want to try this go. Yeah. I, I did it one time. I said, well, wow, you know, I, I really like this. And it's just it's yeah. amazing. And this is just the beginning. Yeah. You know, I'm 54 years old. What it, I'm, I'm going to be doing this for the next, next 30 years. Well, listen, the, the episode I published last Monday, this a 74-year-old woman who just hit her 79th country. And she didn't start until she was 47. I she started when to, I was 53. So. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> I'm going to have to put you two together. I am not even one year into my adventures or my hiking. Uh, last November, November 2016, yeah, was the first hike that I did. It was at Havasupai Falls, yeah, and I got hooked, and I've been hiking ever since. And actually, this is my fifth weekend in a row. I, I, I had to stop and think. I go, wait a minute, this is my fifth weekend in a row that I did a hike. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. It's just, but it's crazy good. It's crazy good. You know, so. Well, we're gonna have to pick up with that story awesome. next time we pick up. Awesome. Well, let's start just by saying where we are right now. Winya <laughs> Wenya, right? Yeah. Okay, we're at Winya Wenya. This was an agricultural center for the Incas. Uh, they grew a lot of food here and they supplied food here along with Intipata, I think is the name of the Intiputu? Intipata? Intipata. Intipata. And there was a lot of people that lived in uh, Machu Picchu, which is probably... I'm guessing three or four miles from here, five miles at the most. And this is was their, was their agricultural center. This was a center for uh, some very important people, like doctors and uh, engineers. And there's housing here on on the actually right in the middle of the terraces for for the people to live. It's a beautiful place. We're we're poised to wake up tonight. Mm-hmm. In the middle of the night, and then summit Machu Picchu. Yeah, but uh, yeah, can you describe what this place looks like? Oh my! God. <laughs> uh, probably not. Probably not. Uh, the view, you know, you got the Urubamba River down at the bottom of the canyon. There, you have just ridge after ridge after ridge of mountains. Uh, the snow-capped mountains are covered with with clouds right now. It's got. Uh, kind of an eerie, not an eerie, but just uh, a different feel to it. When you can, when you see the the snow up there, it, it's beauty. But this is beauty too. You know, the, the clouds have come in. Uh, we've heard some thunder. Sounds like it might rain tonight. But uh, yeah, the, the the view is just incredibly, incredibly beautiful. It's just green. Uh, the, the the mountains are so steep. Uh, uh, you, I, I can't hardly imagine. The Inca people carving into this mountain, these terraces, carving into this mountain, these roads, the amount of labor, the amount of people, the amount of labor, amount of, it's just it's just mind-boggling. I, I just can't wrap my, my head around that. It's just crazy. It's, 
It's beautiful. Okay. Are you just gonna walk around a bit? Uh -huh. Cool. And I have to add that we're sitting on the terraces now, and it feels like an amphitheater. It does. Except it's so steep, it so and it goes so far down. It's very disorienting. We're sitting right on the edge of the, probably like halfway through. I, I can't really see what's above us, but I think there's a lot more. And then there's triangular houses, or stone houses, where, that would have had thatch roofs, made with that distinctive... Uh, organic stone placement. Yeah, there's there's stonework all around us. The housing is all stone. Right behind us is stone, but it's a different type of stonework. Uh, yeah. The, the stonework down there looks like, you know, they had to use some type of mortar system. The stonework that's, that's right behind us, there is no mortar system. It's just, uh, <laughs> there's no space between the joints. They just, they fit like, you know, just like a jigsaw puzzle. I mean, it's just, it's incredible. Uh, how they fit this thing together and how they ground ground the stones to, to to work like that. Incredible, incredible uh, workmanship. So, this is the perfect place for you to tell me your stories. You've already told one of them a little bit. Uh, you had a dramatic change in your life, just yeah, within the past um, year and a half or so. Yeah, and I was going to tell you this story about her, and I don't know if you want to edit it out of this or whatever. But um, well, do you want to save that big one for the end, or do you want to talk about Havasu Pai first? Like, oh, well, okay. Like, just they're what both, happened. They're and both then... related. Okay. Okay. Go for it. Yeah. Well, what happened was um, September first, two thousand sixteen. I lost a dear friend, and in the process, I started reevaluating life, and decided I wanted to do, you know, things I hadn't done. So, I saw a picture of Havasu Pai Falls on the, on the, on the internet. And I said, I need to go because life is short. You know, I lost my friend. She was 45 years old. She, she died of heart failure. And I said, you know, I can't put these on hold anymore. I mean, I've been doing it for 5, 10, 20 years. So um, I went, to, my first trek was at the age of 53. Uh, I went to Havasupai Falls and I just fell in love with the hiking aspect, the camaraderie, the... Um, and I don't know, there's, there's just something, I, I can't even describe what I get out of it, but when I'm out there, there's something there that I like, and I want to do it again, and again, and again. And uh, that was my first... And uh, what a place to start with. Yeah. Could you describe Havasu Pai? Oh my I mean, God. Okay. Uh, <laughs> advertise, that a lot of people may not know. Yeah. Uh, Havasu Pai kind of Falls is paradise on earth. I mean, this is beautiful too, it's a different beauty. You go there uh, where the road ends. It's a 10-mile hike to the falls. There's five separate falls there. You got Havasupai Falls. You got Mooney Falls. You got uh, Beaver Falls, uh, Navajo Falls, and I think one other I forget. But the water is turquoise. I mean, it looks like they go in there, dump, die in the water every day. But it's a, it's a, it's the true color. And actually, Havasupai means land of the blue green people. They were named the Blue Green People because of the water. So that was in November of this year, or uh, 2016. So it's only been nine or ten months since I've been doing this. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't realize it, but as we were talking, you know, I was like, okay, well, this weekend I'm, 
in South America <laughs> doing a hike. You know, uh, last weekend I was in uh, Zion National Park in Utah doing a hike. The weekend before that I was in Las Vegas doing a hike. And the weekend before that I was in Phoenix doing a hike. And I was just like, well, the weekend before that I was in Albuquerque doing a hike. And I was just like, I hadn't stopped to think about it. But, I mean, that was like five weekends in a row. And I'm not um, trying to break some record or anything. It just, it just... You know, I was sitting on the poker, on the poker table in Las Vegas playing poker for two or three days, and I've had enough. I started asking people, "Where do you where do you go hiking around here?" And, you know, they they directed me to the to the uh, a certain uh, I forget the name of the mountain, and I took off. And you know, uh, I like to hike with other people. I like to hike by myself. I mean, I'll I prefer to hike with others, but if there's nobody else around, I just grab my <laughs> my camel back. <laughs> I throw some an orange and apple and some snacks in there, and boom, I'm gone. And uh, yeah, um, so I've only I'm a, I'm a newbie. I'm 53 years old, newbie, and I I was kind of questioning my age on this trail because it, you know in your mind you're always young, but you, you you know your body always tends to tell you no you're not you're not really that young. So I wasn't <laughs> so sure I was going to be able to keep up with the 20 year olds out here, the 20, the 25, and 29 year olds. I was pretty pleased that. My performance, and it was. It, you I have wasn't been the leader every time. Well, I wasn't You're always I, way ahead of us. Well, you know what? I wasn't competing with anybody out here. I was competing with myself. Yeah. And uh, so I, I am slower. I'm stiff. I am tired. But it's it's been the best sore, stiff, tired I've ever felt in my life. And we got the the magical surprise of Machu Picchu tomorrow, and I can't wait. And it's going to be so gorgeous. So, what, what was it about your friend? She must have been incredibly special to have had such a posthumous effect. Yeah, she she was the type of person that had no enemy. Literally, she could walk in a room of strangers. By the end of the night, everybody had her name, her phone number, inviting her to parties. She she just she just ex- just rubbed off on people. She had, she had this this personality. I, I've I've ne- never come in contact with another person like her. It just she's always giggling because she's having fun. I mean I'm just like, how can somebody be that full of life, that full of fun, that full you know of you know energy? Um, when when I was living there in California, when we were best friends. I could be sitting there watching TV, drinking a beer or whatever, and she'd come over and she'd just say she'd walk in the door. Say let's let's go. I said okay, let's go. I didn't care if it was shopping, which I hate. I didn't care if it was the movies. I didn't care if it was going to the garage sale. I didn't care. I was going to be with her. We're going out to eat. She'd walk in. She said let's go, and I, was, and I would take off. And I was just like a little puppy dog, because uh, I I liked the um, what she radiated. She radiated happiness. She radiated just uh, energy. She radiated just you know fun. So, um, I hadn't seen her in a long time, but we did keep on in touch online and stuff. And uh, I moved to Albuquerque, and uh, I was, I'd been in Albuquerque 25 years, and I sent her a little note on Facebook, you know, hey, Maida, how's it going? And I get a message back saying, uh, Larry, I just want to you know, let you know. <sighs> that might have passed away last night. You know, at first I thought it was a joke. And that's what, that's what I said, is this kind of, some kind of sick joke? He says, no, this is, this is Pat, her husband. She passed away last night. And I was just like, wow. 
So, you know what? Um, that was September 1st of uh, 2016. Um, I don't know. She was Filipino. I don't know if it's their tradition or if it was just something odd or whatever. Her funeral was on the 18th of September. That's 17 days later. That's a long time. I'm used to somebody passing away and three or four days later is a funeral. You don't have time much to think about it. You know, if you're going to go, you make plans, you go. With her, I had 17 days to think about this. So, um, I was I was working, but she was just heavy on my mind. And I, I'll never forget, it was a week later. It was um, September 7th, September 8th, one week later. And I drive for a lift in Uber, and I picked up this couple. And I want to preface the story by saying, uh, I, I'm from Albuquerque, New Mexico. There's not a Filipino community there. I don't even know any Filipino. There's not a Filipino restaurant there. Nobody in 25 years has ever asked me about a Filipino, Filipino food, or anything. Okay? Um, nothing against Filipinos. There's, just, there's, just, there's not a, a population there. Mm-hmm. So one week later, on September 8th, I pick up this young couple and I notice the guy has some food in his hand. It's in a napkin. He gets in the back seat. First words out of his mouth, he says, do you know what lumpia is? And I was just like, because all I, you know, my heart and my mind was just like, you know, Maida, Maida, and she's Filipino. And I turned and I looked at him and I said, well, yes, I do. And, he, you know, he went, oh, my aunt made me this. And I, and I was just blown away because... Here I was thinking about my Filipino friend. I said, well, you know, what a coincidence, but it was a coincidence that just blew me away. So I go to the funeral on the... Well, this is another, uh, what I call weird or, or different. She, uh, she had the bear, uh, a viewing on the, on, on the 16th, the funeral on the 17th, and the burial on the 18th. Or, or 16, 17, or 17, 18, it was like a three-day thing, so. Normally, I don't go see the, the, the body and stuff, you know, and but her, I had to, so I went to see the body, and uh, I was staying in Reno with my mom, with my aunt, which was a two-hour drive, so I drove down there and uh, did my thing, you know, uh, at the chapel, and I would drove back to Reno, and I drove back for the funeral on, on Saturday, and uh as the, the funeral was over, I was kind of uncomfortable. I didn't know anybody there, really. Uh, I had met her parents on two or three different occasions. And they had a lot of people talking to them, so I thought I decided just to walk over to the reception. I was the first one there, and I sat down at a table, and this Filipino, Filipino lady sat down next to me. And she says, how do you know Maida? And I said, well, we were best friends in California for four years. The four years I lived there, she was my best friend. She, you know, I love her, you know. And she goes, well, I'm her aunt. I, I live in uh, Australia. And I said, oh, glad to meet you. She said, where are you staying? First words out of her mouth. I said, well, I'm staying in Reno. She goes, why? I said, well, I have, I have uh, an aunt over there. She says, I saw you come yesterday for the viewing, and you went back to Reno, and then you came back, and then you are you going to go to the, to the burial? I said, yeah. And she goes, so you're planning on driving back to Reno and coming back tomorrow? for the... I said, yes. She goes, no, you're staying with us. Uh, I said, no, that's okay, that's okay. She goes, no, you're, no, you're staying with us. I'm like, I, I'm not used to that, so I'm, you know, it was kind of awkward for me. And then another lady sat down next to her, and she said, "This is Larry. This, this is, this was uh, one of Maida's best friends. He's staying with us tonight." And I thought, well, I, I guess I'm staying with them tonight. <laughs> uh, I still felt kind of uncomfortable about it, but I was just like, 
Okay, I, 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 at that point, I, I felt it would be very, very rude of me to, to say no again. So I reluctantly, reluctantly said yes. So she says, okay, here's the address. You can follow us over. Do you use your GPS? We go to the house. This is the day of the funeral. The man in the Filipino community, I guess, are the cooks, or I guess, for the, all the men were in the kitchen. They, they, they literally cooked a seven or eight course meal for, you know, those 30 or 40 people. The food was amazing and all that. And I was sitting there while they were cooking. I asked them if they needed help. They said, no, just, you know, just, just sit back and wait. So I decided to go to the store. And then, since I told you I drove for Lyft and Uber, I decided to turn my Lyft app on to see if it worked there in Sacramento. Well, actually, it was Roseville, but right there next to Sacramento. I turned it on. I was sitting on the couch. And they said, no, 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 you just, just relax or whatever. And I thought, well, I'm going to go to the store and get some some fruit, some watermelons, and maybe a, a pie or something, you know. So I was walking out to my car with the groceries in, in hand. And my lift app starts pinging. Ping, ping, ping. And I, I said, oh, my God. I said, I forgot to turn my app off. So I look at the app, and my friend's name is Maida, M-A-I-T-A, okay? So I was about three steps from my, from my vehicle. And I look down, I pull out my phone, I look at the name, and this is, this is the name of the person that was picking me for a ride. <laughs> now, she, her name was M-A-I-T-A, this person's name is M-I-A-T-A. So, so if you just uh, swap that I and the A, and it was like those movies where they're walking, you know, the corny thing where they're walking to the door with the groceries, I don't know, the phone rings, they see something happen, or, and they drop the groceries, they break the eggs, the oranges go rolling. That I literally almost dropped everything, you know, five feet from my vehicle. I, I, I couldn't believe it. You know, another, another coincidence, but wow, you know. So I said, I have to go pick up this person. I, I, I could have canceled it because I wasn't planning on working, but no, I said, I have to, I have to. So I went, I took this person, you know, and then I turned it off and I went, I went back to the house and I was like, wow, I, I really can't, not at this point in time, tell these people what's, because I, I, I didn't know how to, to grasp that moment because I've never come across a MITA, M-I-T-A, I've, I've come across MITAs, M-A-I-D-A. So anyway, I spent the night there, we go to the, the burial the next day. We all go to a sushi restaurant. We have sushi. And I say my goodbyes. And I was going to spend the night with a friend of mine in San Jose. <clears throat> he has a, a little store. He sells um, items to the, um, like the island people. You know, the Polynesians, the Hawaiians, the Samoans. The, you know, uh, all these people. They go there for specialty items that they can't get in the store. So he knew as I was on, on my way. I walk in the store. He's talking to a customer and he smiles and he gets all happy. We hadn't seen each other in many, many years. And I just put my hand up like, do your thing. I'll just stand over here and wait for you. So I walk around the counter and I'm just standing there, you know, I went like this. I turned around, looked, you know, he has stuff, hats, t-shirts hanging on the store and stuff. And he had a stack of DVDs on the counter, like literally right in front of me. It was about 15 stacked up with just... The top one is the only one I could see. You know, they weren't stacked this way where you could read the the titles. And so I just happened to look down. And 
this was the movie that was on the top. <laughs> <laughs> it's Mai Tai, but, you know, like I say, her, her name was M-A-I-T-A. So if you just took that I, put it right there. <laughs> now, now you you got to realize the story I just told you was the day of her funeral. This was the day of her burial. And I just, I just stared at it. And then I picked it up. And I said, okay, another coincidence, <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, I want to tell you, nothing like this has ever happened before and nothing since. And, and these two events happened on the day of her funeral and the day of her burial. You know, I, 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 I just, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know to think, you know, somebody says, hey, well, she's watching out after you. And I actually sent this story to her husband I said I said I, you know something happened uh, I feel like I should share it with you or I want to share it with you and he said yeah yeah so I, I you know I, I shared it with him and, and he was just like oh wow wow you know Maida's Maida's looking down at us or something you know so anyway that was my special friend Maida she's uh she'll always have a special part of my, of my life and I am sitting right here talking to you because of this girl she she made me realize that hey you know what Larry if you want to do something just do it you know pull the trigger and do it and I I've wanted to come to Machu Picchu literally well I found out about it literally 40 years ago I was a freshman in high school and my teacher uh, told, told me about it and he hooked me with the interest of Machu Picchu and ever since then I've read articles I've watched documentaries and stuff like that and it was a place I've always wanted to come, but I'm not an, uh, an adventurer. Like most people I've met around here, I, I mean, they were like, oh, they were in New Zealand or they were in Brazil. And, you know, my, you know which is, it's, that's great. But I'm not one of those people. So for me to come out here to South America to do a hike and watch Picchu is outside of the, the box. You know what I mean? So... Anyway, that that's my story. Uh, I'm here because of a very very special friend, and because of my very special special friend, I've met other special friends. Mm -hmm. And I think, I know, I'm going to continue to meet special friends along the way because the adventure group, the hiking group, is a special type of group. They have a special vibe to them that I really really dig. Yeah. You know. Um, let me put it this way. I am very, very, very political. I have not heard one political comment out here, which for me, that's a breath of fresh air because, <laughs> you, you, you know what I mean? And and I don't want to be political with them. You know, I'll, I'll save that battle for, for other arenas, you know? <laughs> and I have no idea if somebody's liberal, uh, conservative, or this or that, or, you know, pro-choice, bro-gay, you know, I don't know. And, and, it, and it doesn't matter. It's just uh, they have this, this love of life. They have this love of uh, adventure, this, this uh, exploring, you know, the unknown. And, uh, and it was because of her. I mean, I wouldn't have been on that road trip because of her. So I'm... You know, like working in Phoenix because of her. I'm sitting here, <laughs> literally, what an hour and a half from Machu. Well, two hours from Machu Picchu because of her. You know, so 
she's a very very special person in my life and i i have a lot of thanks for I, I wish i could thank her in person you know unfortunately i can't but uh she did her deed with me you know she she was just uh, that little special thing that i needed in my life i think you know what i mean mm-hmm. sometimes you just need that little push and and it's different things for different folks and she she gave me the little push to, to uh, ex- explore and and um, you know accomplish some of those bucket list items you know take care of them so anyway that's my story well that's perfect thank you so much you're welcome okay Larry this is it we just got up at 3.30 we're about to set off how are you feeling oh I'm just full of energy I'm just I'm just psyched uh, Okay, let's go. I think we are looking for people. They are coming with a Yeah? Okay, let's go this way. I'm so excited. The, the, the weather's perfect. It is. Uh, I don't feel in the, the viewing, yeah. which for some people is not very good. Machu Picchu from Sungate. But I just, I just know. I just know there's no clouds out. The sun's going to come up and we're just going to see this beauty just sitting below us. And, and at that moment in time, I don't think anybody's going to have any words. There's not going to be, you're not going to be able to speak. Yeah. There's been a couple of times, like, uh, I, I do beauty where nothing comes out, you know. Just, you just start to absorb the beauty, man. Yeah. I just know it. I can't wait. So we for 40 years. <laughs> So here we are. <laughs> and there's no words. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. It was worth every grunt, every moan, every deep breath, you know. Oh man. I want I want to take in the train for the world, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. What a journey. What a journey. Hmm. Thank you so much to Larry for opening his heart and going along with that little push. I know this is just the beginning. Thank you to Dana Boulay for her music, as always. And thank you to Carlos Molina Rojas, who played this episode's opening flute music for me on a miserable night when I was stranded in a migrant shelter halfway between Buenos Aires, Argentina, and Santiago, Chile. You can find his more polished music on YouTube or on Facebook with his band Grupo Soncoy. As always, I just want to throw this out there. Please consider looking up Kiva dot org k-i-v-a dot o-r-g it's a platform that lets you make a micro loan to a small business in a developing country you can join our observer effect kiva team uh, through the link on our website also like us on facebook and if you like these kinds of stories if you like the unexpected connections that spring up among travelers, 
please share this episode and uh, leave a review on iTunes too. I've been waiting a long time to attach the following quotation to one of these episodes since it's one of my favorites by one of my favorite writers in the world, Lu Xun, whose writing desk I saw in Shaoxing, China, one formative summer in my late youth. Hope is like a path in the countryside. At first, there's nothing, but as people walk that way, a path appears. <laughs>